Hey there, welcome to the Lead Bold Podcast, a place where we engage in incredible conversations with amazing leaders in ministry and ministry partners as we encourage and challenge one another to live fully into what God is calling us to be. For each episode here on the Lead Bold Podcast, we focus in on what we call the three W's when it comes to talking to our guests. The first W is a word, something that has been given to them or been put on their heart by God about working in ministry. Two is a warning, something that they have learned from, can share insight for, or can even kind of open up vulnerability about failures and places where they have room to grow. And lastly, wow, a time in their ministry and in their walk with Jesus where they have been blown away by what God has done and what he has taught them. Let's jump into our episode for today. Our guest today is Barb Roos. Barb is a speaker and author who is passionate about teaching women to live beautifully strong and courageous so that they experience God's great adventure of faith and purpose for their lives. After serving 14 years on staff as the executive director of ministry at her local church, Barb speaks around 30 times a year at conferences and events around the country. She loves following God more than anything else. Rather than teaching audiences to follow God to get what they want, Barb inspires audiences to discover that God is all they truly need. Barb is the author of five Bible studies, including Surrendered, Letting Go and Living Like Jesus, and Joshua, Winning the Worry Battle, and multiple books on topics such as anxiety, worry, letting go of control, and identity in Christ. Barb lives in Northwest Ohio and is a proud mother of three adult children, including an army captain, preschool teacher, and a NICU nurse. She loves reading, long walks, Hallmark movies, and fun shoes. Whenever possible, Barb prefers to eat her dessert first. Let's hear from Andrea and jump into today's episode. In this episode, Aaron and I are talking with Barb Roos, who, by the way, is one of our keynote speakers for both our Bay Area and Chicago conferences this year. And like with all our guests, she shares her word, her warning, and her wow. And let me just say that her perspective might be just what you need to hear today. For those of you who are finding yourselves in a season of ministry where you're having to let go of something in order to move on to what's next, uh, Barb's words will be a big encouragement to you. If you're not already familiar with Barb, consider this your introduction and an appetizer for what we'll get from her during our conferences. So with all that, here's our conversation with Barb Bruce. Well, hey, leaders, we are back with another Lead Bold podcast episode and real excited to get into this conversation. Erin, welcome. How are you today, my fabulous co-host? I am doing exceptionally well. And again, I'm also just as jazzed to talk to our guest. I'm very excited for this convo. Absolutely. So part of why, one of the many, many reasons why we're eager to introduce our guest to our Lead Bold community is that she is our keynote speaker for our fall conferences, Um, not just our Bay Area one, but our first ever Chicago one. So with all that, welcome, Barb Roos. Welcome. Oh, ladies and everyone listening, so very glad to be with you today. I can't wait to just dig into into what goes on in your mind, Barb. I watch you from afar, like not like a creepy stalker, but like a an appropriate <laughs> fan. And I just every time I see you and hear you and listen to you, I I'm just enriched so much. I think you have so much to bring to our leadership community here. And so thanks for being with us today. 
Oh, I am so honored that you invited me to join today's conversation. There is nothing that I love more than talking with women who love to lead and lead well. Awesome. And I'm convinced that um, we're going to lead lead more well. Is that right? Lead more better. Yeah, How about not, that? We're, we're going to go lead more better after talking to Barb. <laughs> we're going to so, lead more better. We more better. More better than we was. Okay. <laughs> I love so it. we're, as you know, we kind of have our three W's and the first W is word. So what is a word that has been meaningful to you that you have kind of grabbed onto? And I know you're going to cheat a little bit because Barb does things her own way. So What's your word, Barb? Well, I am so thankful that you let me break the very first rule that you gave me. So when it comes to words, I had to come up with two, and it's courage and grace, because I, uh, I've i been around for a minute. Uh, it's been a long minute, <laughs> and in my leadership life, I realized that I cannot have a leadership role a leadership journey without those two words hand in hand along the way. So those, I love those words together, courage and grace, and they're sort of like the yin and the yang or something. So how did, how did those play out in your leadership? How did you kind of embrace those two words in particular? Well, when I think about the word courage, uh, if I had to come up with an, a parallel word, it's really the word yes. Courage is saying yes. So wherever a woman is at in the leadership journey, uh, in order to take that step forward, there has to be the willingness to do that. And anytime that we say yes, especially to the unknown, uh, there, there's a lot of feelings that roll through that. Uh, the person that I use as a benchmark is for me, Joshua. Uh, he was the leader of the Israelites. He, uh, the dialogue that God has with Joshua in chapter one of that book, uh, where God says, be strong and courageous. We all have to take that step and saying, yes, we're going to do the thing we don't know if we can do. We don't know how to do it. We don't know when we should do it. And then grace Grace is realizing we are not going to do it right. And <laughs> to recognize up front that there are going to be the places where we fall down on our face and the places where we will not have answers to the hard questions, the places where we will have to make apologies to the people that we hurt and recognizing that grace has already been given to us in advance to meet us along the way when we need it. That um, that perspective of grace, not just God giving us what we need and already having given us, um, and the idea of having grace with other people. But I, what I'm hearing you say too is like grace with ourselves when when we don't do it right, not if, but when. How do you, as you talk to women who are in leadership, um, you know, there's really there's often a big drive, you know, for women, especially to get where they are as leaders. How do you help them kind of live into that, that great grace with themselves? Or what, what do you think gets in the way of that for us? Whenever I receive an email or a woman stops me in a hallway and just says, Barb, what is, what's the best advice that you have for this journey? Uh, it always steps back to start at Luke 16, 10, where Jesus says, be faithful in the small things. This is a precursor to the courage. 
Because when we are faithful to the small things, those small building blocks to lead ourselves well first. And so for me, leading myself well means that I honor myself in the way that God has created me, that I see myself through God's eyes. So I want to be a primary encourager to help a woman champion that in herself. Be faithful in small things. Get a good night's sleep. Get with Jesus first before you start the day. Do Be faithful in the small tasks that you've been given rather than trying to make the giant leaps for the big things. Uh, honor the people who are right in front of you instead of the people you haven't met with. Like mm. all of those small building blocks are what, or what, Help put into us what we need so that when we say yes to those next things, we're saying yes in a way that we, we know that we're being, we've been prepared for it. And also that when we're faithful in the small things, uh, we get a chance to, uh, to embrace grace along the way because we still mess up in the small things. Sometimes mm. I forget. This morning I realized I forgot to do my Bible study yesterday. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. But that's something that I really am intentional about being faithful in the small things. And I just went, ooh, Barb, how'd you mess that up? Mm -hmm. Honey, you did not mean to think back through, see what happened, and then move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so powerful. I think as female leaders, it's like you said, I think a lot of people feel like they have to make like a big swing, right? They have to jump into this big thing, take a big leap. And for those who might not have a level of comfort with taking a big swing there's so much that we can learn from scripture in the sense of like do the next right thing right mm -hmm. how can we how can we more introspectively recognize that like yes we've been called to this that doesn't mean we have to like you know put on a conference tomorrow it does mean that we have to be obedient to the small things right be obedient to ourselves and in taking care of our own person and our own spiritual life i think that's the part that's so powerful they talk about it a lot of like hey if you're constantly pouring out on other people and you're not pouring back into yourself right the upkeep becomes the downfall right mm -hmm. i can't so remember good. if we've talked about this but our on our lead bold logo around the words lead bold there's kind of like a watermark and it starts kind of fat and then as it goes around the circle it gets thinner and the reason that we put that there is because the, just the thing you're saying, as, as leaders, we're pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And what intentional things do we have that build back into ourselves or we lead ourselves well? And our hope is that Lead Bold is one of those things that will pour into those who are always pouring out to others, you know. Um, Barb, how, like, did you learn the hard way that? <laughs> that was like Yoda. <laughs> did you learn the hard way that? <laughs> Did, so, did you learn that the hard way is what I meant to say. Yeah, you know what? I didn't learn that the hard way. I learned that all the hard ways. Let's slap an S <laughs> yes, on naps. the end of that. All so you're, of so the you're hard not a ways. quick learner is what we're hearing. You know what? Um, I, I, I am a quick learner when it comes to figuring out how not to do something. <laughs> Uh, I when I think about some of the the leadership places where I had to grow, uh, one of the biggest lessons, and we talk about courage and grace. Uh, one of the grace lessons was not to take things personally. Mm. I spent many years uh, as an executive pastor at a large mega church, and I oversaw uh, spiritual growth and development. Uh, we had five campuses, eight ten thousand attendees, depending on what time period it was, and. 
Uh, I used to work with uh, lots and lots of people across. We had had more than 100 folks on staff. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a large organization. Mm-hmm. And there would be times when I would go, hey, this is the road I want to go down. And people would have questions or different opinions. And uh, courage and grace. The courage was, hey, I wanted to forge ahead, which was great. But the grace, though, the reason why they have to go hand in hand was when if I took things personally, if things didn't move at the speed or they didn't move in the direction that I wanted, I made it about me at times. And I had to unlearn that and recognize that it was not about me, that it, it I didn't have to sit and stew in a corner because I wasn't getting what I wanted. And which leads to one of my favorite leadership slogans, Q-tip, quit taking it personally. <laughs> Q-tip, that's so it. good. Q-tip, uh, that is, that's one of the big leadership lessons I learned, especially as a woman. I mean, I was in Dude Central now. The beauty of that was that I was given an incredible gift by my mentor, who was our founding lead pastor. But it was very easy for me in those early developmental days to go, well, it's because I'm a woman mm-hmm. and or it's because I see things differently because I'm female. When it really it, it wasn't always about that. Sometimes it was just that somebody had a different way they wanted to see things. Mm-hmm. And I, I needed to see it like that. And that's uh, that's that's been a lesson that um, I'm grateful that I learned. But who I had to learn it a bunch of different ways. Yeah, yeah. That the the juxtaposition of those two words together too just kind of reminds me with what you're saying that I think it's so difficult and challenging sometimes as leaders where you know, how much do you push? Because you know that you know God's given you the direction, and you know you've said yes. And also, leading is bringing people with you, right? So then how much do you, you know, how do you walk that line of being gracious and patient and recognizing that it things will be collaborative and not exactly like you picture? I totally struggle with that because, it, yeah, it's it's that I, I know what this should look like and I do feel like God's given me that vision. And also there's a bunch of other people who aren't quite aligned you know, I mean, that's a, you hit the nail on the head right there. That's like, if we could just solve that, we'd be, so, we'd be so much more better leaders. More better. <laughs> more better. Mo better. I'm going to just keep we're saying more better. Have, Mo better. You know what? We're going to have a t-shirt by the end of this. Uh, <laughs> I believe, I believe that one of the sustaining graces for me during those seasons when I've had to learn, and even now, are the trusted voices of other female leaders around me. Uh, that was a blessing that I had because of the ministry environment I was in. Uh, even though uh, I was a teaching pastor and executive pastor, I wasn't the sole female in leadership around. Uh, I came from a culture where uh, everyone's leadership was valued. So I did have other trusted voices who were other high caliber female leaders that I would be able to, we would just be able to sit and talk and it wasn't bash, but to be able to work through things. So those topics and topics and conversations around uh, how much do we push? When do we need to step up and say something? When do we need to hold our ground? I did have safe spaces to, to wrestle that out. And I believe that's crucial for a woman out there who leads that you have safe spaces to hash this stuff out. Yeah, that's powerful. That's really good. Really good. 
Um, I am. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Andrea. Oh, oh. I was just going to say <laughs> one of the things that really keyed in and what you kind of shared a little bit just about that feeling of I have a certain vision, right? I have this push. I have this feeling and that semblance of how powerful grace can be when you like release it. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to executing factors, we cannot carry it all, right? We can't have the ideas, put it into practice, potentially fundraise, then make it happen, right? We have to really allow for that grace in what other people might do with what we've delegated to them, knowing that Christ has gifted them in their own way too. And I feel like sometimes as female leaders that like giving ourselves grace and saying, it's going to happen the way that God intends, not maybe exactly the way that I had hoped. And also to trust what God might have put on the hearts of someone else who you're handing potential, you know, passion and long, long worked on projects too. And so there's a lot to unpack there, but I think that's just such a great sentiment in terms of have trusted voices, give yourself grace. And also when you're looking at other people, be courageous enough to let God do what he's going to do with, with who they are. Yeah, that'll preach. And if I can tag something uh, adjacent to the wisdom, that summary that you shared from your perspective, that our success, particularly as female leaders, our success isn't dependent upon everything turning out as we planned it. That's not the definition of success. Success is, did we lead in a way that honored God and loved others? That is success uh, because I know that there is a thirst and a hunger uh, to make one's mark, a thirst and a hunger to make a difference and, and, and to really take territory and ground. But making sure that something turns out the way that you wanted it to, that cannot be the whole, the whole uh, root, the, just the judgment of what success is. It's far mm -hmm. bigger than that. Yeah, that's good. Well, kind of staying on that topic of like, you know, things that you've learned and, and kind of getting to the other side and growing in leadership. Let's move on to our second second W, which is the word warning and just kind of a gentle warning that you would give those to kind of just raise up out of all the things and have a sort of self check. Uh, what would that what would that be? What would you say to us? So this may be scary for some listeners, what I'm about to say, uh, because I know, particularly in today's culture, uh, there are women who are longing and desperate for an opportunity to lead, especially in their local houses of worship. But this is the warning that I give, and this is the lesson that God had to teach me. And it is, don't cling to your leadership seat or your leadership title, like it's the last blessing that God will ever give you. Hmm. Say that again. Wow. Don't cling to your leadership seat or your leadership title, like it's the last blessing that God will ever give you. Hmm. Now you um, have a story, I'm sure, about I that. I do. I do. I, I, this, that sentence came to me because... I was, uh, I worked for my church for a long time, but I had also had other outstanding careers. And so I had to, I've had to make certain transitions in life. But when it came time, I was uh, on staff. Uh, this was early 2014. Uh, again, um, I had a dream job for a female, also an African-American female. 
So as a teaching pastor and executive pastor at one of America's perennialist, fastest growing mega churches, I began to sense that God was starting to transition me away. And that sense came about because when I looked at the landscape, the way that our church was set up, uh, I was kind of sitting in all of the seats where a woman could sit. And the conflict and tension arose because I also championed our leadership development programs for the other high caliber women in our church, not just staff. We had leadership development programs for women. And I began to feel this little niggle question in my, in my spirit that was, well, Barb, if you're sitting in all of the leadership seats, then how are you really creating high level opportunities for women? So uh, about a year and a half before I ultimately left my job, I began letting go of some of the really great things that I used to do. Uh, there were seminars that I used to lead. There were teams that I used to head up. There were initiatives that I used to champion. And I began to step back from them because if I really valued leadership, that meant that I needed to make space for who would be next after me. And it was hard because when I let that go, I mean, ladies, isn't there something that feels a little great when you show up and people know that you are in charge? Doesn't mm -hmm. that feel a little bit good? Mm -hmm. Everybody you knows your room? spot and your yes. <laughs> role. People, and, mm -hmm. And people come to you because you're at a certain level, and so they want the advice from the person at the top of the level. And uh, I, I started letting some of that go. And, and I remember just thinking, Barb, how much do you trust God? Because when I let that go, I didn't have the next thing to grab onto. Mm. But I had to trust that God had more for me because his Holy Spirit was within me. And so I share this story for a woman that's out there who's listening today. And if you have been heading your women's ministry team for the last 25 years, and it's been good and feeling good and comfy, um, this conversation may be a little uncomfortable for you because are there other leaders who God is raising up, but you might need to create room for them? Are there women that you can look at and say yes, help them say yes, and then get out of their way and let them lead as God wants to? So, ooh, ladies, that's a lot. What do you think? We talk yeah, about scarcity mindset on this podcast a lot. This idea that, you know, that not only will it be like, like not my not mine anymore but it's like potentially the last thing as if we have a a god who we can limit to give us blessing and opportunity to the things that are right in front of us and so it's a powerful thing i think we we're often put up against especially in certain congregations and and companies organizations etc where there are very few female opportunities. This is even more prevalent, right? There's even more fear to potentially kind of open your hand and say, Lord, I want to make sure that this is something that I'm making a space for others too. Um, but that scarcity mindset will get you every time mm. if we put God in a box like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we we spend all this time kind of crafting and working hard to create our space and we can get really myopic about that space. I what comes to mind for me, this is such a random example, but um, like I'm thinking of like the early pioneers, you know, we're over here in California um, 
and you know them cresting over a ridge of mountains like finally we're gonna make it to the ocean and then all they see is just more ridges of mountains and then they get across those and then there's just more and that's that's probably that was probably not encouraging to them but i say it in kind of a reversal which is like we get in our valley and we think like this is it this is my valley i've got it all how i want and we forget that if we trust god to if he's leading us out of that that there's way more that we can't see, you know? And so I know, Barb, for you, like you now have such, um, you have touched so many lives out, you know, just really all across the globe, leaders. And um, had you never stepped out of that role at that church and stepped out of, you know, even just a seat, you know, maybe you wouldn't have ever gotten to affect impact so many other people. And I'm guessing for you, like how, how did you start to see God's blessing in your letting go? Well, one of the biggest blessings for me personally, I give thanks for this blessing every weekend was I actually got to keep my church because, uh, um, I call it staff rapture. Have you guys ever heard of staff rapture? <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Okay, so staff rapture is that thing that happens when somebody's working for the church for a while and uh, things aren't really going well and they probably need to leave, but they haven't left and they hang on, they hung on. And then Monday, everybody comes in and they're like, where's Joe? And people are like, we don't know. And so Joe and his family evaporated from the church. They <laughs> okay, are never to be seen again. Got it. And what tends to happen is that when we hold on to something far longer than what God wants us to, it's kind of like the Israelites in the wilderness and the manna mm. where um, it spoils. And in the church context, I've seen that happen. I, When I was in the business world, I saw it happen where people held on longer than what they should have because they were afraid to let go. So for me personally, the benefit was when I recognized that God was transitioning, even though it was at a time when it was the scary, when I left my job at the church, we were in the middle of a family crisis. My then spouse had left our family. And so um, I had no idea if I had a marriage. I was giving up my whole career. Mm -hmm. uh, I was giving up financial security. I gave up my corner office. Like I had nothing but faith in God when I left my job. But I still left because I knew that's what God was calling me to do. And because I left at that time, we were able to maintain relationships. I was able to still walk in church every week and still have the excitement and energy for what God was going to do through my church next. I still guest teach a few times a year, and it's been seven years that I've left. And so that has been a blessing that has flowed over and over again outside of what God has allowed to happen in my mm. career as a speaker and author. That's so awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. I know that, you know, somebody, uh, many people probably listening needed to hear that today, needed to hear that, you know, getting back even to the first word of courage, like saying yes to the letting go and the moving on when all the ducks aren't in a row. And what does that look like? And just letting God do his thing. What do you, um, what do you say to the woman? And I struggle with this a lot in a position of leadership in my professional life. And, um, this feeling of like, I think what they call like sunk cost fallacy, like, right. 
I have put so much into this, right? God, you called me to it. I've given so much to it. I've worked so hard on it. And now you're telling me to step out or back away. Like, you know, how can, like, what would you say to encourage uh, that woman who might feel like she's afraid to let go, not only for scarcity, but this feeling of like that holding on to the investment, right? Of what she's already done and made and who might do it differently and et cetera, et cetera. I think that we may have a lot of folks who might, might fall into that space, myself included, you know. <laughs> it's like when you're oh. dating somebody for too long, but you don't want to break up because you're like, well, I've put so much time into this relationship, yeah. even though I know they're not the right person. It makes no sense, well, but you're right. We do it. As it so happened, I actually had a relationship end last week that oh. was very important to me. And uh, that, that thought crossed my mind. I was like, Lord, I really felt like you led me here. Uh, the circumstances around the relationship were so very, very unique. And I was like scratching my head going, God, I, you clearly have brought us to this point where we need to have these conversations. Lord, why, why would you have me do all of this for all these years if this is how it's going to end? Mm. And that's when I go back to Isaiah 55, where God says that my ways are not your ways mm. and my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And this is the space where I get to choose where I'm going to put my eyes. Mm -hmm. Am I going to have my eyes focused on the kingdom or the, the intentions or the plans that I built for myself? Or am I going to look forward? Um, when the Israelites were, they were taken off into captivity by the Babylonians and in, in Jeremiah 29, 11, we're all familiar with the passage that says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But what I love previous to that is that God had actually, through Jeremiah, told his people, go start a new life again, because there were things in their old life that were starting to fall apart. And so for a woman out there right now who's in that scarcity mindset, my friend, if you just sense that God's starting to shift and to move you, there are some other factors in your life that are leading you to believe that, yes, it's time to begin letting go. And so while it could be tempting to hold on while things are trying, you trying to hold them together, maybe, maybe in a season to just go, God, I'm going to keep my eyes on you and I'm just, I'm going to walk forward and it's hard to walk away. But if I walk forward, I know that you've got something better for me. And I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to trust that. I can't see it, but I'm going to trust it. I appreciate that so much. Again, I just, you know, when you're in that scary place where, you know, you know, deep in your heart, what, what God's asking you to do. And yet it is so very difficult to get to hear from somebody who has, you know, in some ways gotten to the other side of that. Not that you don't have other difficult yeses ahead of you too, Barb, but you know, the stories, you know, the stories. And again, that community to say like, God's got it. God's got you. You can do it. You're going to, the only way you're going to see it is if you step into that unknown, you know? So very much so. Can I, can I share one practical thing and I, I'll do it quickly. So when I, it was, uh, it was about April of 2015 when I really sensed that it was time for me to start transitioning out of my career. 
And uh, I really, for me, I sensed God planting the seed for me to fast one day a week. Now, I do not like giving up food at (laughs) all, ever. But what I sensed that God was asking me to do was to create intentional, strategic space in time for me to be more sensitive to what he was saying to me. And we all know that when we give up food, there's a lot of high mental chatter in our brain. And what I discovered, I began the, I began on July 1st, 2015. And so every week I would have that one day and it began to make me a little bit more sensitive, but also it helped me to practice letting go of control and letting go of me having what I wanted when I wanted when I wanted it. And so that small weekly practice was also very helpful. Coincidentally, I still continue that practice today because I know me. And so Mm -hmm. once a week, I have to fast because it helps me to break the strongholds of control loving behavior and to help me be more sensitive to God's voice intentionally each week. Mm. Thanks for sharing that. that. Yeah, such a, um, you know, kind of incorporating those practices that will get us to build those muscles that we are, you know, you can't just say like, okay, I'm going to do this. You have to, you have to do the practice of, of getting there. So that's so good. Well, we've got just a little bit of time left, but I, I want to land on our last W, which is wow. You know, where has God wowed you either? you know, through someone else or just what you've seen him do. So um, I just love to be a person that celebrates. And so tell us about your wow, Barb. So my wow is, and this goes along with the theme of what we're talking about today. My wow is that God has placed all kinds of amazing women in my life. And so the wow is that I can expect that God will surround me when I am seeking and saying yes, he will surround me with women who will encourage and inspire me. So um, I originally was going to talk about somebody else, but uh, I really, I've got two mastermind groups that I'm a part of. And these two different sets of women, they wow me every single month because we talk about our faith, our business, and our ministry. And the wow is that the way when they're sharing their stories and their wisdom and and their spiritual journeys, there's always something that God uses them to speak into my life where I go, holy crap, I didn't think about that before. (laughs) So uh, I want to, to, to add to the voices of encouragement you've heard in previous guests on the podcast through Aaron and Andrea. Friends, if you're listening and you don't have three or four women that you don't get on a Zoom call with or go to coffee with every month, uh, pray for those women. Because when you gather up together, God will wow you because you will be inspired, you will be equipped, you will be encouraged, and that will help you keep moving forward in what God's called you to do. That is so good. Incredible. I What I really appreciate about what I'm hearing as you share, Barb, is that you your intentionality to make room for God to speak, for you to hear, you know, even getting back to the, you know, giving up food one day a week or this, like putting yourself intentionally in places where there's room to let people input. And I agree. I mean, I, the last um, several years with um, Lead Bold, I've gotten to 
I have gotten the privilege of meeting so many amazing women. And, you know, with our being much more familiar with Zoom and ready to kind of just jump on a Zoom call, I have so many friends now, including you, Barb, that I've never met in in the flesh. But, um, you know, that's my goal in life is to meet all my Zoom friends actually in real life. But um, but there's there's still that friendship there. And so it's like sky's the limit on who we can invite in to be speaking those kinds of things into our lives. So that's so good, Barb. Thank you for sharing that. I always have felt like uh, God speaks to us each individually in the way that he knows we need to hear him. And as a kid, you hear in the Bible, right, that like God spoke out in the night to like Hannah. He spoke verbally to, you know, through Gabriel to Mary in very verbal ways. And um, I've always been impressed to see the way that God shows up into like cut me to my core in a, in a, in a very good, growing, healthy way through the words and mentorship of other women who have come alongside me who might not even know me and say like, the Lord is giving this to, to me for you. Um, and so having that community around you is such a powerful way to be able to connect and to be able to, to hear from the Lord as well as the time in which you invest in talking directly with Jesus. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. Amen. Well, Barb, I, um, any last kind of any other thing that you just feel prompted to share with our listeners or just encourage them along what we've been talking about? Uh, yeah, uh, we just finished uh, talking about how much the three of us are blessed because we've had a chance to meet amazing women. And I know there are women out there who are thinking, well, I wish I had some amazing women that came across my path. Uh, that's why I love, Andrea, that you're hosting Lead Bold because amazing women will gather in a place. So if you're listening today and you need to have more amazing women in your life, that's why we do things like mm. Lead Bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we we host different types of events because amazing women who want to get better are the ones signing up, spending their money, taking their days off of work, getting the kids a babysitter. Uh, now, there are lots of amazing women who don't do that, but but the ones who are dedicated, they're going to be there. So if you mm-hmm. want to meet them, you have to be there too. I appreciate that, Barb. <laughs> I didn't even tell you to do that. Thank you. Thank you for being Amazing, a, a partner and, and part of our community with Lead Bolds. Love that. Yeah, that's the heart of it right there. Well, real quick before we wrap up, I don't know if you know this, Barb, but we have this kind of a little joke we do where as we're talking in our conversation, Aaron and I pay attention to what we think should be the title of your autobiography, and then you go and write it. Now, in your case, you're you're already a prolific writer, so just add it to your list of books you have to go write. But And then we just title the episode that. So I don't know, Aaron, did you come right. up with any in our conversation? There are so many. I feel like, you know, being able to talk about being a Mo Better leader, like being able to talk about. <laughs> yes, I like, forgot about know, that one. Leading, Be a Mo Better. Leading Mo Better. <laughs> leading more Mo Better. Which one did you come up with? Oh my gosh. I forgot about that one. I wrote uh, learning all the things, all the hard ways. Um, yes. And then my, my more serious one, which usually I never offer a serious one, was just saying yes to the unknown. But Mo Better, I mean... I feel I like do, but I, gonna... I know, but I do like learning all lear, learning all the things the hard way. What like, about I, I mean, Mo Better is great, but I really do like learning all the things the hard way because honestly, woo, I feel that deep yeah. in my girl, deep in okay, my Barbie. What if soul. it's a really long title? Learning all the things all the hard way so I can be Mo Better. There you go. <laughs> 
coffee table it book. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a book the, for the coffee table. The title makes up the entire cover because it's so long. Barb's <laughs> the a literary title is the agent, whole episode. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're you'd ha- you would probably coach one of your clients to be like, that's too long of a title. You need to trim that down. And that's that's true. But when you when you talked about learning all the things all the hard ways, I was like, huh. I I've never felt the need to write an autobiography, but that really does sound so, so, so much like my leadership life. Oh, well, hey, if you ever yeah. do, let us know because we'll be the first in line to buy it. You're going to be on the cover with me. Oh, just, no. We're just going to put you right on the oh, cover, no. right there. Well, oh, yeah. Barb, I am so eager to have you with us in person at both our Bay Area and Chicago conferences and cannot wait um, for our community here to just embrace you and to to have God use you to speak exactly uh, what he wants for, for our community. So thank you so much for being with us today. Well, it has been a joy having this conversation with you and the ladies who are listening. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation as well. And I wish God's best and many blessings on all of you. Awesome. Well, until next time, keep uh, leading Mo better. Bye. (laughs) I am. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Lead Bold Podcast. If you absolutely loved our conversation with Barb, and I hope you did because she is phenomenal, you have not one, but two chances to connect with Barb Bruce in person to be blessed by her wisdom and her teaching at both of our conferences. Barb is, is going to be at both of them this year, which is amazing for those of you here on the West Coast in the California locale. That is September 16th and 17th. For those of you in the Chicago uh, area or near on the East Coast, that is November 3rd and 4th. Do not miss a chance to hear more from Miss Barb Roos and so many others who are contributing incredible wisdom to our conference. Find out more at leadingbold.org. And until we connect next time, keep leading bold.